got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now. Because I've been to the mountaintop. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life, longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. Wednesday. What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? Welcome to the Swift Chance Report. I am your host, Wes Jackson. You're currently tuned in to wonderfulycradio.org, the voice of today's generation. Um, happy Wednesday to all. Good to be back. Uh, good to be back here on the wonderful campus of CUNY York College in beautiful Jamaica, Queens. Although I will say, as much as I love this campus, Driving over here down Parsons Boulevard is like a nightmare. It takes you twenty minutes to go five blocks, but I still love you, Queens. But anyway, super excited to be back to be to be back this week. We missed last week. Uh, big brother Brian had to take a week off, but he's in full shape. We're happy to see everybody healthy and back. And shout out to uh, Tony, the big boss, the boss of the boss down here, um, for providing this wonderful um, outlet here. What we know, what we know is YC Radio. Great chance to. Speak to the people, get some extra thoughts out here, and stimulate some conversation is what we try to do every week. So a couple things we're going to get into uh, this week. I am, for those who know me, know that I'm a bit of like a political junkie. And I was uh, very enthused last night to see the Virginia governor race, district attorney, lieutenant governor race, as well as the New Jersey governor race, uh, the council, New York City Council here, the New York mayor races, all won by, uh, I think even Philadelphia had a district attorney, all won by progressive candidates um, who are resisting what we are now calling the Trump agenda. Uh, now, outside of you asked, what does that have to sort of do with hip hop? And it just got me thinking on the um, one of the two topics we're going to talk about today is what is hip-hop's place in politics? And this is something that we we dealt with at the Brooklyn Hip-Hop Festival earlier this summer um, over at our sister school over at Mega Evers in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. But what is our role um, in this new age of activism? We had, uh, in, the, in the summer, we had members from organizers of the Women's March on Washington, um, one of many of whom are, are hip-hop fans and are from the hip-hop community, in particular uh, Jenny Seuss from OKPlayer.com, who was one of the organizers, as well as the wonderful Linda Sarsour. And before I forget to anybody listening who's going to be listening to this in the podcast, shout-out to my man Kevin Clark, um, uh, managing editor over at OKPlayer.com. The brother is not in the best of health, 
and we posted on our Twitter and on our Instagram that he is actually in need of a kidney. Um, so um, check our Facebook at BK Hip Hop Fest. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BK Hip Hop Fest, and you have information on how you can potentially help out uh, Brother Kevin, but um, a great dude who's been a, a, a big fan of the festival and a big fan of, big supporter of my writing. I wrote a couple of pieces for him over at OK Player, which um, definitely gave me a shot in the arm as uh, to get my journalistic chops on, but um, he's not in the best shape. So we're going to do what we can to help out Kevin, and we want to make sure that you guys take care of your health. Um, you know, maybe think about, we talked about in our class, my class I teach here last week and this week, uh, you know, Wendy Williams sort of fainting live on air. It's just There's just too much of us running ourselves into the ground, which is going to be, uh, we'll get into our third topic, but I digress. But um, we did have, uh, back to the politics and activism, we did have um, so Linda and Jenny who were hip-hop who are definitely from the hip hop community who spoke at the hip hop institute, and we tackled this issue: is what is our our goal, right? What is what is our role, rather? And I think we have you have artists like the the you know sort of um, ubiquitous Talib Kweli who talks about who, who wears his politics on his sleeve and is sort of constantly out there fighting the good fight and leading the charge in his way. You have artists like. Um, Jay Z obviously talking, making a Khalif Brower uh, Brower movie, uh, talking about the, these issues on his four 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 album. You have even I, I saw an interesting thing. Uh, you know, Andre three thousand has a great interview in GQ coming out. Even Waka Flocka Flame is talking about uh, social activism. So it's it's a wonderful time. But what I'm going to talk about is not. I don't want to necessarily sit here and pat hip hop on the back in our first segment here, but actually talk about the contradictions uh, in hip hop's ethos, current ethos, and what we strive to be or this ideal that we claim as a, as a progressive political movement. And maybe I start with that sort of assumption is that people assume that, you know, hip hop is born, created by, you know, people of color, um, outcasts, uh, you know, blacks, Latinos, uh, LGBT, uh, you know, people from the Jewish community, people have normally been on the outside of the American dream, um, and we talk, and we we are the the revolutionaries. We are the progressive thinkers. We are the actually more inclusive uh, art form. If you go back to the original proto days, I like to call them. When you go back to the Fever and you know Herc Flash, Bambada, Zulu Nation, Grandmaster Kaz, uh, Cold Crush, that was. Um, people of, you know, in a in a certain in a certain socioeconomic strata, striving to push back against the system. So there was, uh, you know, you talk about Melly Mel and the message, talking about social commentary, uh, all the way up to pu Public Enemy, um, calling hip hop the CNN of the community. That we are, our job is to report on the issues and the ills of the community, all the way to even, you know, an NWA. Uh, Easy E, Ice Cube, and Dr. Dre saying that that gangster rap was gangster rap is actually more quote unquote conscious than than most of the pop stuff out right now. When you when you listen to you know to those records, they're talking about police brutality, they're talking about social injustice, they're talking about um, mass incarceration. This is if we're talking about the writings of, of Professor Paul Butler and his book Let's Get Free. 
this is this is what a lot of those West Coast uh, rappers were 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 talking about, as well as you know the BDPs and the KRS ones and the Rakims on the East Coast. So baked into hip hop is this spirit of progressive politics, revolutionary spirit. But I would like to I I have written about this and I'll, I'll repost this article I wrote about this a while ago is that the current state of hip hop the 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 dominant uh, forces in hip hop are not progressive at all they are not I do not think they line up with with a with a democratic party they do not line up with a with a Barack Obama, well maybe a little bit of a Barack Obama but they definitely do not line up with a Bernie Sanders side of it and I would go as so far to say is that hip hop is more in line with Donald Trump than we would like to admit with Donald Trump with a, a Sean Hannity with a Paul Ryan wing um, of those sort of wing I mean the Paul Ryan Sean Hannity Trump wing are sort of uh, different different factions within the party but I think that hip hop if hip hop was a person it would be more Republican right now than it would be Democrat it would be maybe libertarian but it certainly would not be a democratic socialist like like bernie and i think some of it and i'm not saying everybody obviously there's i'm not i'm not painting i don't want to paint everything with a wide brush but the dominant forces when you're looking at the um certainly the the little yachty the little uzi vert the um sort of complex hot 97 mtv viacom uh, even to a certain extent well, parts. Well, now Rock Nation is sort of becoming more progressive, but a bit of like uh, um, the the uh, the bad boy Sean, you know, Sean Combs, uh, Diddy world. Although there's elements of it, but it is very right wing when you think about it. And here's and here's my argument that I will put forth here is issue. Think about economic issues, and I, and I'm not. And again, let me just before I go to this, I'm not necessarily passing any judgments because. There's me being a small business owner. Um, there are ve- I, there are very I'm, there are very many libertarian and republic economic policies that I agree with, and loathe I to say um, that I agree with Donald Trump on in terms of uh, lower regulation, uh, stop you know lower tax rates, lo- lower corporate tax rates. I'm I'm actually for that as a business as a person the real West. Is, is probably way more to the left. So there's this dichotomy that exists within me that I think exists within hip-hop, which I'll get to once I stop sort of rambling. But when you think about tax taxes, economic issues, hip-hop is in no rush to pay more taxes. Dave Chappelle mentioned this when he did Saturday Night Live, I believe about a year ago, when he with tribe uh, came out with the thank you for your service, when he he made that point is that you know the finally I get rich and then we get a black president who then took all my money for Obamacare. There is this sort of sense of there is a bit of there is there is hyper capitalism is the religion in hip hop. Make as much as you can, however you can. Do not think necessarily about the repercussions of it right make songs future make a song and say molly and percocet in the hook do not think about what that does to the community we've talked about that before but that's what's going to be that's what's going to sell 
That's what's going to get you on tour. That's what's going to get your streams up. Do it. That is a that is no different than Donald Trump ripping up um, an abolitionist graveyard to build the Soho Trump. It is wrong morally. It is wrong morally to rip up those graves. And for more information on that, I, I encourage you guys to to subscribe to the podcast Embedded from NPR, which has a great series about uh, kind of unearthing no pun intended, a lot of Donald Trump's um, behaviors as a businessman. But this sense of like, get money at all costs, get money or die trying. That is the hip hop ethos, which is very similar to a Republican, is take money from CHIP, take money from EBT, take money from public schools and put it into the pockets of individuals. Pay less taxes, uh, give tax breaks to the rich. Those That tax break, that the Republicans rolled out last week would definitely benefit Dr. Dre, Puffy, Kanye, J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, Top Dog. Those guys are in the 1% of the economy. Now, I'm not saying that necessarily makes it a bad thing, but they if they if that tax cut is it will benefit them as much as it will b- benefit Wilbur Ross or some other hyper capitalist or Steve Mnuchin, who's in, you know, these these sort of hedge fund guys that run with Trump. So we now at the same time, we aspire. Most artists aspire want, want are aspiring to be Kendrick, Cole, Kanye, um, you know, T.I., Hove, Fat Joe, whatever the case may be, Remy, Nicki, Cardi B. They are now in that top tax bracket. So what that says, what that means is that we are beginning, we are being, we are aspiring to run into that lane, right? We are not trying to be middle class. If you're middle class in hip hop, you're a failure, right? If you're just making, you know, $75,000, $80,000 a year, that's not enough, right? I want to make $80,000 a show. I want to have the Lamborghinis, the Ferraris, the estates. I want to have this sort of money. That puts you into the world of the hedge fund, people. That puts you more into Trump's category. There is no mystery why hip-hop loved Trump before he started coming out as the white supremacist that he really is. And there's a great thing. I also go to Genius.com. They have a great uh, a little piece about all the references of Donald Trump in hip-hop uh, down to uh, Trump doing a drop from Mac Miller. Um, before he was before he was elected. So economics, we're definitely Republican. Low taxes, um, low regulations. You know, we are all we are, we are all small businesses. So we want to be able to run our businesses without a lot of um, hindrance. Oh, what Trump rolled back, what Obama, the, like the coal regulations and even the 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 gun re- the gun regulations. Let, let's sell as many guns to many people as we can. Don't worry about if they are uh, have mental health issues. That is pretty much the ethos of a Def Jam, of a bad boy, of a good music. I don't say good music, but of a of a of a rock nation to a certain to a certain extent. That hyper capitalism bordering on libertarianism um, of a Rand Paul is 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 part of our philosophy. Second, guns. Hip hop loves guns. The dominant force. Again, I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking more about the mainstream, mainstream, the people driving the 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 conversation. How many references to guns are there in hip hop? Right? I got a gun. I'm I, you know, I'm packing. My man is packing. Don't test me. I'll pull out a gun. That is as consistent as criticisms of police brutality. 
um, in hip hop is references to guns. So therefore, I would argue that hip hop lines up very squarely with the NRA. That we do not, we do, we want easy access to guns. Hip hop is in no, there, there is, uh, there's no, in mainstream hip hop, there is no rush to turn in your guns. There is no rush for background checks. There is no rush for limiting um, the sale of AR-15s, right? Hove talks about it on, you know, on 444, before we had a, before we had ARs, we had ARs too. Um, that gun, that particular gun that was in the Texas massacre, which was used in the Las Vegas massacre, is referenced frequently in hip hop through many artists from Conscious to New York to West Coast to Southern to Mumble. So we don't really want gun regulation, you know, uh, uh, not at all. And I think the la- well, just one pat- one one more point before we, we return to this um, is we'll talk a little bit about the. And this is not necessary. This is this is a little bit more of a cultural a cultural thing more than a legal thing, but about sexual assault. Um, you talk about Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey and. Uh, Donald Trump and grabbing by the you know what and, and all this other stuff. Listen to this mainstream hip hop. They are talking about that. I was listening to a Twenty One Savage song, talking about you know I I hid it without a condom, made her swallow a Plan B. You know that's that's insane. You know talking about I had unprotected sex with a woman on purpose and then I forced her to you know to to have you know take the Plan B pill. That I'm not saying that's the same as sexual assault like a Harvey Weinstein, but this lack of respect for women's rights is definitely pushed by the mainstream. Um, that the idea that you know women are ornaments, women are 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 trophies, women are 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 honestly dehumanized in a lot of this stuff. They're just strippers, or or you know going all the way back. And I'm not even going to condemn just the young guys. Go all the way back to Snoop. You know, and we don't love these hoes. You know, G's up, hoes down. We've been disrespecting women, you know, for 30, you know, that has been the dominant thing for over 30 years. You know, you go back to those proto days and that necessarily wasn't the case when you had a Shah Rock and Roxanne Shantae and MC Light, you know, being looked at as equals. We had a little bit more, I think, equality is why I like, you know, sometimes the quote unquote old school. But that sense of I'm rich. And that allows me to grab the woman by by their by their vagina, as your president says. How many times have you heard that said in mainstream in mainstream hip hop? There is no push for um, change in, in HR and sexual assault policies uh, being pushed. You know, being pushed by uh, by again these these big hip hop stars. And I'm not and I'm and I'm and I'm not saying that to sound too sort of critical. But we like to say that we're Bernie, right? We like to tweet like that we're Bernie. We like to roll around like we're we're, we're Bernie. But when when you start to break it down, these guys are not progressive. Um, you know, th- these these guys that we're following, we are not. They are not progressive. So we, uh, what you need to think about how you can condemn Donald Trump in one breath, and then you know support future in the next. I don't know how you square that that peg um when when you're talking about the how drugs have affected our community but how much have we talked about selling crack how much are we now talking about opioid you know talking about percocets and xanax how much how much are we talking about that so um the war on drugs 
we are giving fuel to the concept of the war on drugs. So um, I think in many ways, we'll get, we're going to come back to this in a little bit and take a quick break. Um, but it's, it's, it's something to think about. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, immigration policies and a little bit about um, good old um, uh, Kaepernick and, and saluting the flag and, uh, and, and, and what that means to hip hop and politics. But let's take a quick break. Uh, follow the conversation at West to the Jack. That's my, my, my Twitter. You can follow us at Brooklyn Bodega on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, YC Radio Org Voice of Today's Generation will be taken back after this quick break. Peace. All right, we're back. YC Radio.org Voice of Today's Generation. Uh, your man, Wes Jackson. Swift Chance to Report. Follow us at Brooklyn Bodega at West of the Jack. And just picking up the themes, these short breaks right now. And I got no music. That's a quick break, right? And I got no guests. We got to get that phone hooked up so they have to listen to me. But I get this is I've, I've I've got a lot of notes on this. But if anybody knows me, I don't want to go too far off the point. But the other this is the other point I want to bring up. Well, there's two more points. Is I want to get right into the immigration. And I think that I had um, one of my boys, one of my frat brothers, um, D. Rob, who was one of. Um, you know, is 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 a guy that was one of the sort of critical of Hillary uh, folks, and not necessarily pro Bernie was uh, certainly not pro Trump, but was very um, was anyways just very critical of of the process. And I have a lot of people in my circle who are who are critical of the political process. Don't trust the Democrats, don't trust the Republicans. Maybe even advocate for a third uh, party, which I actually agree with. I think we need a third party, but that's another issue altogether. But when you talk about issues of immigration, one time D-Rob said to me, he was like that he agreed to a certain extent with Trump. I guess the second this whole show could be like how hip hop agrees with Donald Trump, but that the issues of cracking down on illegal immigration is something that should be more important to black people. That the benefits of citizen citizenship in America are one of the things that black are one of the most prized possessions of black people in America, right? We rebuilt this country. This country was built on our backs. Talk about concepts, issues of reparations and how we should be compensated. But we are American. We are more American. I'm more American than Donald Trump. My, My family has been in this country longer than Donald Trump's family. So for him to wave the flag in my face is ridiculous, right? I've had, um, you know, Uncles, my father has been in the service. We, we've, you know, a lot of, um, what do you want to call African American people from the South, great migration, you know, uh, middle class black folk, black folk like myself, got their head start in that one stretch in American history when black people had a fair shot, and that was right after the the Second World War, right with the GI Bill. Talk about this a lot with Michelle Alexander. And then do Jim Crow, another book that I'm teaching in my classes. So she's dominating my mind um, a lot these days. But we were the benefits of the GI Bill. And when I say we, black people, that was a chance for working class and poor black people were able to pull themselves up to that middle class level a lot with the GI Bill. Uh, and then go to you know HBCUs and then come 
and say like my my father-in-law come up come up here and work you know for for 40 years for cuny and build a you know buy property and and have a 401k and a pension that helps you know his his daughter and his grandchildren get started um we we were the benefits of that we fought in those wars we put our life on the line um, certainly more than Trump's who were, who were getting into deferments. It was us who were getting sent to the front lines. So this is not what D-Rob was saying, but I, 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 I take his point seriously is that that citizenship we fought for, we died for. Um, we deserve it. We deserve these benefits. So that person who's overstaying his visa, that person who is, you know, crossing the border illegally, whatever, however the case may be, there is there is an argument to be made that we should be as mad at that person for draining the resources as the old you know redneck from you know in West Virginia who's waiting for his coal mine to open while he raised waves his Confederate flag whatever that stereotype is that there is some crossover between our interests um, now again me I'm pro immigration I think that the anti immigration argument is basically a thinly veiled attack on nationalism and white supremacy so i won't go that far i won't i won't go that far because i think you can you can wrap it up in the there's some truth in the crux of it but around it is is a lot of wickedness so i I'm, i don't want to be put in that same box but there is an argument that um black people middle class black people who are the people who drove hip-hop or may have an anti-immigration streak running through them. And just to set that stage, you think as we're sitting here in Queens, you got to think about it. It was, uh, as much as I'm from the Bronx and I live in Brooklyn, there is Queens and Long Island are probably as responsible, if not more responsible for the development of hip hop of any other region. Why? Because in Queens is where all those middle-class black folks live. This is where the bus drivers the the cops, the sanitation workers, the civil servants, um, the, the the graduates of, of of Johnson C. Smith and Hampton and Howard, they 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 moved to Queens. They in, in the Bronx where I grew up, that was the place where benign neglect, where they never they never built the buildings back after the blackout and after the riots. So that was a forgotten place. Um, Brownsville, East New York. Even Bed-Stuy, that was still diverse. That was still, you know, that's uh, Brooklyn still was all mixed up with, you know, uh, Italians and Jewish uh, Jews and, and Russians and blacks and Jamaicans and West Indians. So that was a little bit of like a, a hodgepodge. You know, Manhattan, you know, certainly was where, you know, there's Harlem, right? But, you know, there was, you know, there's a little bit of Harlem, but there, the density in Harlem made it difficult to buy property. So the real middle class... Um, in the 60s and the 70s, the beneficiaries of that window of opportunity, they that is heavily concentrated, you know, in Queens. So you think about um, Hollis, St. Albans, and you're talking about, um, you know, even here in Jamaica, you get LL Cool J, Run DMC, Russell Simmons, Tribe Called Quest, um, uh, you know, obviously, there's there's other there's other parts of it. You know, you have you know Queensbridge, which is a different part of Queens. You get Nas and and um, and and Mob Deep, and even you know over here, if Forty Projects gives you you know um, you know a Farrell Monch, a Fifty Cent, but that that suburban life, 
um, you're talking about salt and pepper. You're talking about how um, uh, Herbie Lovebug. You're talking about kid and play. That all came from a very middle class sensibility, you know, in Queens. So this, so so just so putting that putting that aside, do those people really want? You know, you got to think that you, when you go down there and you talk to your uncle, you talk to your your, your grandfather that may have been in the service. How do they feel about this? And I bet you they line up more with the right than they do with the than they do with the left. Their children and their grandchildren, like us, who grow up around uh, you know LGBT and Muslims and Hindus and Catholics and Protestants and Baptists and you know and um, you know whatever it is Buddhists, we have a different view of the world. But there's there's a significant streak um, within the black community which translates into the hip hop community that. I don't think agrees that way. And I will say this, in, in at least where I grew up, uh, in the Bronx, and even in the circles that I travel with, there is not a tremendous a love for the for Mexicans, which is the group that Trump loves to single out as somehow the, you know, in the, the MS thirteen, like these sort of Central and you know, Central and, and you know, uh Central America and even, you know, Mexicans crossing the border that Trump likes to to vilify. I've heard tons of black people say all types of inappropriate things about Mexicans. Uh, so I think that there is a lot of down low Trump supporters in hip hop who, when he says when he sits there and says close the borders, they're gonna sit there and they're gonna you know they're gonna retweet Bernie and they're gonna be like you know f Trump and they're gonna you know I like the, the Eminem freestyle. But I don't know, man, when they went into that booth and they had to fill out their bubble, they had to pull out their lever. I wonder how many people flipped, you know, because in their heart, you know, they are uh, nationalists. And I say this in a very this is maybe a little bit of a provocative thing. Nationalists with a little which I with nationalists with the actual with the actual um, uh bona fide to be a nationalist a black person actually should be a nationalist because this is really our country that we have not gotten our just due not you know the trump who's a nationalist really hiding is really just basically a racist wrapped in wrapping himself in that flag but again it's a very complicated thing and i think there's a bit of i think there's more crossover than 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 people realize um Again, I think there is uh, another wing of hip hop. There's a more progressive wing of hip hop who who probably agrees with me is that, you know, who has traveled the world and does have an appreciation for for um, for different cultures and do not um, consider themselves to be, you know, ex extremely, um, you know, regressive. But the one other thing I'll talk about, and then I, we'll take another break and I'll come back and talk a little bit about, um, you know, Kaepernick, is I remember, this is completely random, but after 9-11, there was, I remember there's a ghost face from Wu-Tang, who probably is one of these sort of uh, misogynistic, hyper-capitalistic dudes who actually is actually probably quite liberal and embraced by the liberal side, was 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 upset about the attacks on at 9/11 and was and had songs uh CL Smooth 
from legendary group P Rock and CL Smooth had songs and I'll and I'll pull them up after the break or or post them you know on Twitter once 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 I can do the to finish my research about um, wanting to retaliate after 9/11 that was not a uniquely Republican thought and it was shared the sort of bellicose uh, hyper masculine macho nature of hip hop shared that with Donald Trump not Donald Trump with George W Bush and the Rudy Giuliani's uh, and all of these sort of fake tough guys who got us into these two wars I, I think that again the mainstream side would not uh, would not disagree with that viewpoint um, as much as 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 much as we would like as much as we would like to think so I think this is a bit of a of a wake-up call uh, and I think that the victories as we see the ugly side of these viewpoints right we see what nationalism we see what anti-immigration we see what even hyper-capitalism will do when you empower it when you when you have the Steve Bannons the Donald Trumps the Jared Kushner's out there the Steve Mnuchin's running it that it's going to come back and bite our community our community in the butt and i think you have people like um like a ti like a jay-z saying like yeah you know i i do appreciate the cars and the clothes and i do like being rich but now that i'm moving in the circles of these rich people i see the setup i see the booby trap and i'm going to choose to not participate and I hope that that that's why I'm almost thankful for Trump, because he's bringing all of these things to light, things that were hiding in the darkness. And you have, you know, the Confederates coming out and you have um, the, 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 the woman from Staten Island at the Blasio beat for mayor running on a platform to protect the Columbus statues and ignoring the complaints about Christopher Columbus being a rapist and a murderer and a colonizer. You actually have a pro, we had a pro colon, pro colonial candidate running for, for the mayor seat versus the progressive, uh, the Bill de Blasio who ran on a, on a, on a, on a, on a very much on a progressive platform. But now Trump has let these people come to light and be like, yeah, go ahead. Yo, you really, you really a pro Columbus. Yo, go ahead and say that. In, in, in Virginia, you had Ed Gillespie running on a platform to protect Confederate monuments. And then you see the middle class people in Northern Virginia, the black and white people that I grew up, that I went to school with at, at UVA, rising up and being like, nah, man, I'm not with that. You see in the black people, you know, on the east side of, of Virginia in, in Richmond and Norfolk and, you know, you know, Virginia State, that whole world being like, nah, I'm not with that. And um, uh, Ed Gillespie losing because he lost those those more enlightened centers of Virginia. But he had all that Southwest Confederate flag waving Lynchburg and all that Western part of Virginia. He had that on smash, but there's not enough of them. So I think what what Donald Trump has helped is that he is unearthing these things. He's having these races are making their last stand and it's forcing us to look at these issues in the light of day when we never really did. So I say that to say with my own, with our own culture, right? With, with you, our fellow hip hop, we need to look at ourselves too. All right. Is what do we, are we really down with Molly and Percocets? 
how much are we, how far are we going to go with this are we really do we really want all these guns on the street right do we really want everybody packing do we really want you know ar-15s in brownsville do we really want ar-15s in bedstuy do we want every stick-up kid walking around with a bump stock do we do we want a las vegas massacre you know on fulton street you know how, so how much are we going to push this agenda right do we really want i think about health care and think about you know your auntie or your cousin or your uncle who's got you know diabetes or asthma or uh, suffers from depression or an anxiety do we really want to restrict access to health care to those people also we can buy another yacht buy another bottle of champagne or buy you know lamborghinis you know do we really really want that do we want to keep going down this road because we are on the trump road you guys you mainstream dudes you are on the trump path do you want to keep going down there or do we want to stop call timeout and be like we need to go the other way we need to go to keith ellison route we need to go and continue maybe even the barack obama centrist center left route or do we want to go you know or do we want to go to bernie bros right do we want to go to bernie right do we want do we want what do you think is better for us having cuny be free to all these all those beautiful minds i see i get to talk to here you know every week in class and on the radio do i want you know do i want those kids from east new york and brownsville 40 projects to get a free college education like bernie was talking about or do i want to put somebody in place like Trump and Betsy DeVos, who's going to try and restrict the Pell Grants, trying to restrict financial aid to, to these beautiful minds walking around this building right now. But, but that's, that's the setup. Do we want, do we want to empower, you know, do we want to make live nation, AEG, MS broadcasting, iHeart media stronger? Or do we want, to, you know, or do we want to build our own our own industries in our own communities or do we want to do both all right but i think this is this is the question we have to raise and the days of the days of hyper capitalism blind hyper capitalism i don't want to say must come to end because I, we're, we're living in a capitalist society but I, I hope that more and more artists are looking at this and be like what am i really doing and is this and is this really what I want my legacy to be? Um, do I really want to ban? You know, do I really want to give into homophobia, Islamophobia, or you know, do I really want to sort of let that that dirt bag? Do I really want to hire that dirt bag who's harassing women in my office to, around? Because you know, is that really what we're about? Is that really what our culture is about? I argue no. I think if we went back and we could talk to, and we talked to the Joe Conzos, the Bambadas, the Crazy Legs, the Barbito Garcias, the Grandmaster Kaz, the Rakims, the Karis ones, they say, nah, man, that was never what we were about. We were about enlightenment. We were about pushing things forward. We are about being progressive. We are about recognizing our inner divinity and holding ourselves to a higher, a higher esteem. Um, you know, we were we were about you know the 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 nation of Islam, the 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 nation of the gods and earths were about elevating the woman, treating each other with respect. We weren't about this this level of, of self destruction, and uh, th that this path that that some 
are, are leading us down. So something to chew on. But let's take another break. We got one and we'll have uh, one or two segments. I'm going to talk a little bit about, um, you know, Kaepernick and uh, the concept of the $40 million slave when we come back. YCRadio.org, the voice of today's generation. Swift Chairs Report, your man Wes Jackson. Follow us at Brooklyn Bodega and West of the Jack. We'll be back. Peace. All right, we're back. Swift Chairs Report, YCRadio.org. CUNY York College, West Jackson, at Brooklyn Bodega, at West of the Jack, at BK Hip Hop Fest. So one thing I wanted to jump into before I talk about Kaepernick, and this is, I just remembered looking at my notes. We've been having this sort of very interesting conversation uh, past couple past couple of weeks about um, Cardi B, and I think that for everything I just said, which almost sounds very dark to me as I'm listening to myself and thinking about you know what I've what I wanted to come across today, is to balance that out. I think you have somebody like a Cardi B, who appears to be a very regressive. Um, mainstream, you know, um, type of person that, uh, you know, a little backpacking, crunchy dude like me wouldn't like. But I remember when, when, when the sort of uh, Bodak Yellow excitement was reaching its fever pitch. I think it's starting to taper out right now. She's got to be very careful about what she does next to to keep her thermodynamic energy up. But I remember when Burdock Yellow was really popping. I said, let me listen to this woman. Let me listen to her joints. And I got on title and I just ran through all of those mixtapes. And I said, yo, Cardi B is probably one of the most progressive voices in hip hop. And yes, she's talking about Eve St. Laurent. And yes, she's talking about Red Bottoms and she's doing things in, in Abu Dhabi or whatever she shot that video. But when you get into, but Cardi B is in the um, Little Kim uh, school of hip hop, which is actually the fem, which is the, I don't wanna say like militant, but like the ultra feminist wing of hip hop that has arisen in response to the ultra chauvinist wing that say like Snoop and Dre brought in. Like I was saying, like the, you know, the, the, the you know, we don't love those, we don't love those hoes and all of that world. And you know the ice cube and the, and the and the prevalence of the of the b word. There came, there is this pushback of of female artists. Now prior to that, you had I think a little bit more equality. Again, we we're talking about Shah Rock, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, who weren't really you know weren't really they they obviously were women, but th- there was no there was a less of a class structure. Then. After the early '90s, the 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 so-told you know the the forever lauded golden era, which actually brought in this fever pitch of misogyny that we're still um, living in hip hop, came these new female artists, um, these even let's say even like a lady of rage in their own camp who really was like I'm gonna rhyme as hard as Snoop on his own joint. You had. Um, progressive voice, uh, Lauren Hill, Erica Badu, the Jill Scott, the Neo Soul sort of vibe of that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna resist this label of being B's and H's and we're gonna be queens. We're gonna follow the Queen Latifah model. And then you have basically I think who's the the queen of that of that branch is like the Lauren Hill who came out and said I'm just going to dazzle you guys with my looks, my talent, my voice, with everything, and 
I'm going to look you in the face and say you're not going to call me that word, right? That is actually you go. You can even trace that back to Queen Latifah and uh, UNITY, you know, who you calling up UNITY, where Latifah basically challenged the patriarchy and that the, the burgeoning patriarchy in hip hop. Then from there, you had the little Kim who said, you know what? You want to be, you want sex, you want money, you want, um, you know, you want the power, so do I. And now, little Kim making songs like, you're going to perform oral sex on me. I'm the big earner. You're going to do what I say. You're going to dress how I want to dress. Well, I forget the, um, there's that one song she has, um, I, I can't remember, but she has like all these different like she has all these descriptions of the of her different lovers, and it's like oh this guy had a hurricane tongue and by, and there's like these dudes walking around like chest naked, basically being eye candy for her, and she had turned the the male gaze around like this is how you look at me, this is how I'm gonna look at you. I want you in the gym doing your you know bench presses. I want your abs in there. I want tight underwear you're gonna put i'm gonna put you on a stroll like you put me on a stroll to me equality that i'm gonna become um just as ignorant as you are and if i got the money and i'm the big earner then you're gonna do what i say and you see that that's the the little kim uh nikki minaj was is was was her daughter and now you hear sort of cardi b when you actually get into the cardi b songs to me, they're wonderful because yeah, they're they're a little ignorant and there's a little you know a little too much gang blood references and there's a little too much like faux violence where you know in there. But underneath it all is this really women's liberation of I'm in control of my life. You know, I'm not gonna let a man dictate what I'm going to do. And if you were to extrapolate some of those messages and move it up to the 3CO1 to the Women's Center, you know, you know, run by my lovely wife, Ebony, she'd be like, that's what I'm telling my students too. take control of your life. Don't let no man put no hands on you. Call the cops. Move out. Get your own education. Get your own money. You know, um, do not be dependent on anybody. That is what we say in this building. And that is what Cardi B says on those on those albums. Now, I'm telling you you know, become a journalism major or, you know, you know, be a you know, nursing major, or biochemistry or be a fine arts major. And let's find our success, you know, through education and enlightenment. Cardi B is like, well, I'm not really a college type. I'm saying be a ruthless small business owner. And if that means being a stripper, then be a stripper. But if you're going to be a, if you're going to be a stripper, you know, be let them you control the situation. Don't let the situation control you. And one thing I love about um, about Cardi B is she's long. She's she's put into action or brought to life an argument I've had for for many years now, which is the strip club economy. The, the my I have the the brilliance of the strip club economy is that everybody in the strip club, men go into the strip club believing that they are in charge, right? I'm coming out making it rain and all these silly things and come over here and dance for me and all this other stuff. Um, but you realize if you ever go into the strip club, it's not the men who are in charge. It is those women who are in charge because there's nothing worse than going to the strip club. So I've heard, you know, through uh, conjecture 
uh, don't get me in trouble here. Nah, I'm saying I've been to strip club. I'm not going front. You know, is sitting there with a bunch of money in your hand and not getting any attention from the women in there. There's nothing more humbling. There's nothing more emasculating than being like, please, I have money. Pay attention to me. And the girl's looking at you like, Mm-mm, I choose not to. I choose not to give you a dance. I'm going to go over here. And you find yourself. I remember last time I went to the strip club, I found myself saying like, I have money and I want to get that girl's attention and having to walk over to her and say, can you, can you give me a dance? I've been, you know, I've been checking you out. I saw you on stage and her being like, hold on, you know, I'm on break. I'll be right back. And you'd be like, okay, I'll be right over here. Just come and get me when you're ready. And just realizing like, I have no power in here. And within that situation, there's this illusion of sex. The women are t- have taken control of the male gaze, right? They know that you want to, we want to objectify them. And they have in this situation be like, you can objectify me under my terms. There are clear rules and regulations. I told my wife this a long time ago. I said, you're better off. I'm better off going to a strip club than to a regular club because a regular club is unregulated free market. There, I've seen more of my boys get into trouble at the regular club than at a strip club because, you know, I've seen people sneak off into bathrooms, people get numbers and affairs and clandestine affairs start at the regular club. At the strip club, it's organized. You get you get $20 for one song. You go into the back room. There's a dude watching you. You can't put your hands here. This is allowed. That's not allowed because Cardi B is like, listen, I'm not a hooker. I'm not a prostitute. I'm a dancer, and that's all you get. And if you cross that line, you will be disciplined. So to me, as a business owner, the strippers are brilliant. They know their price. They've set their rates. They've set their parameters. And if you cross that line, you're going to be in trouble. And that's what Cardi B is bringing that mentality on paper. And I think there are women I remember, shout out to Anna in our office at the festival who was the first person to bring Cardi B to my attention. And she was like, Cardi B is my spirit animal. Now, Anna got two degrees, working in banking, is one of our heads of production, brilliant woman. But she can look at this stripper from the Bronx, but that's how I'm trying to move in these situations. You will not take advantage of me. You will not pay me less than my rate. You will not do anything in my life that I do not allow. So, you have also within hip we're going to get to the Kaepernick thing um, because I want to slip in this Cardi B situation. But we have this sort of reg- regressive mode in hip hop in the mainstream. I'm talking strictly about the mainstream now because in the in the independent, there's like all breadth of from the independent is where there's real thoughts going on and real movement going on on both sides. There's even more ignorant stuff from like those South Florida SoundCloud rappers, you know, Lil Durk and Lil Zans and whatever those guys. Those are the dudes really pushing it for the to the right. And then you obviously you have all the team backpack Oshun kind of vibe who's pushing it hard to the left. These so I'm talking about these mainstream guys, the guys that are, that are that are in front of us. Even the guys and girls, guys and gals. You have this regressive th- theme from them, but you also have this very progressive um, thing wrapped up it, wrapped up in it, and I think that you look at Cardi B and she's like, hey, you know, sticking her tongue out. And but who got on MTV and shouted out Kaepernick? Who went in there and went off script and said, as long as as long as you kneeling, we standing for you. That was Cardi B. 
right, who went in there and took the most progressive stance, right? That's who did it. And she did it along with Tribe, you know, at the Grammys, you know, along with Eminem at the BET Cypher. So there is this social consciousness um, riding through us and, and and we need to, you know, embrace it. But I think that in many ways, the leader of that is Cardi B, who is a socialist and a community activist masked as a capitalist. I think the other side, you have these capitalists masking themselves as social progressives. So in, in many ways, I think it's a very interesting time, um, you know, in our lives. And for whatever, wherever you cause this sort of sort of wrap this up, whatever it is that you like, whatever your whatever opinion of what I've said or wherever you fall on on, on the spectrum, I hope that you take this and realize that the commitment, even if you get in mad, get in money. The commitment should be to the community is just to think about the brother, the sister who's stuck in that cycle of poverty, who's stuck in that new Jim Crow, um, you know, from the cradle to the grave, you know, going from uh, foster care to the prison system and back and forth. Think about that is we got to take a moment and pull ourselves out of it. We can't just go for self all the time. We, you got to think about the brother and sister next to you. And to me, that's really what what hip hop um, is about but we have been fortunate enough to have tremendous success and we have to figure out a way and it's going to be a difficult conversation to to marry um, personal success and the capitalism with the inherent need for social activism and a more socialist we need to marry the libertarian and, and the social democrat together and that's going to be the new leader of the world but if anybody can do it it can be us but anyway that's it for me uh, that's it for this week on Swift Chance Report. Thank you guys for listening live and those who are going to be listening on the podcast. We're here every Wednesday from 1130 to 1230 live on YCRadio.org, the voice of, the, of today's generation. Make sure to follow the conversation at Brooklyn Bodega at West of the Jack and stay tuned in here for all the great programming for the remainder of the day. My name is Wes Jackson. Be good to each other. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. <laughs>